Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to another episode of the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where we help aspiring and established grant writers replace your full-time income while working part-time from home. Yes, we do. And you know that our spicy belief is that freelance grant writing is more stable than having a nonprofit J-O-B. Yes, because we've seen it over and over and over again just having the stability of being, and a lot of people think the opposite. They're like, whoa, Holly, freelancing, entrepreneurship, that is unstable, J-O-B, working inside an institution or a nonprofit is stable. Well, let me tell you, I've seen the budgets of nonprofits and I have been working inside nonprofits before and I've owned my own business. And let me tell you what is more stable, having your own business. Yes, there are ups and downs in revenue. Yes, there are ups and downs in clients, but it doesn't always have to be that way. And the beautiful thing is you have the control and the ability and responsibility to be able to shape your business. Where within a job, a lot of times you don't know until the last minute if you're gonna be let go, if the budget isn't even made to pay your job, and so much more. We'll be talking a lot more about that in the upcoming episodes. And you know, we have our Freelance Grant Writer Academy. Our waitlist is open. So if you want full support for 12 months with myself and my team and amazing change makers in the program so you can actually master grant writing and get your business set up and start getting clients in the door, learn how to do sales with nonprofit clients and so much more over a 12 month period, then you are gonna wanna get on that wait list because the doors will open in early 2024. And we are seeing lives change left and right in our program every single day. I'm loving it. We have a Slack channel and there's always wins. I just love it. Even literally today, someone was like, I launched my website. Super awesome. I love seeing the wins every single day going into that channel and seeing all the things that you're doing and all of the money that the folks in the Freelance Grant Writer Academy are securing for their clients. We're always seeing wins as well on new grants getting awarded and securing new clients. So we like to track both of those inside the program. So when you come in, you can see where you started with the number of grants you've written, the amount of money that you've received in grant funding, as well as the number of clients and the amount of money that you've received in revenue from clients as well. So we track all four of those things inside the program and we're actually rolling out a really cool database to help us track that even easier so you can see that even at a click of a button every month, you can go ahead and see where you're at in the program. So very cool how we are up-leveling the program on the inside um, with some really great tech and seeing how that is really helpful for all of you as well, that you can put that on your websites, on your social media and all of the things. So we're helping you track that. And of course we got little bonuses too. I'm really excited that we're opening a club on the inside. Once you reach certain milestones of the number of grants you've secured, the number of clients you've secured, then you also get some goodies. So super fun, loving the way that this program is growing and growing and growing. And we're really creating a movement for all of you out there as well who are at their place in a nonprofit right now and you're overworked, you're overstressed, and you're not making nearly enough money to kind of reconcile that. 
And but you still want to do meaningful work, right? You still want to contribute to the nonprofit sector and to cause areas that you are super passionate about. And you love writing, right? You love putting together these grant proposals, but doing it on somebody else's deadline constantly and just not having the support and getting burned out is not working for you. So opening up a freelance grant writing business is the way that you can move forward to actually create more freedom in your schedule to be able to manage your own time and to be able to get paid more. The other thing, to work with more clients. So you can actually impact more than just one nonprofit, but you can impact many nonprofits. So a lot of the folks, that's what they love doing. They love being able to take off a Tuesday afternoon for whatever they need to do with their kids or whatnot and not feel guilty about it. And at the same time, not just serve one nonprofit, but many different nonprofits and cause areas that they believe in and the way that they wanna change the world. Yes, I'm totally going nerding out on this, but I love it. The waitlist is open. We are building up that program. So when the doors open, it's gonna have, oh my gosh, so many like new bells and whistles to it. I'm loving it, loving it so much. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our podcast episode today. So for all of today's show notes, y'all, oh my gosh, we're on 299. We're on episode 299. Can you believe it? Like this is crazy bananas. And to celebrate the 299, like our last 200th episode, right? We have an amazing guest on the show today, and that is Emily Kelly from Bloomerang. Now you probably have heard, if you've been listening to the podcast over the last couple of months, Anytime you've been checking in, you've probably heard me mention Bloomerang. Thank you for sponsoring our episode today. And I'm gonna be saying that again because they are our sponsor this quarter. But they're our sponsor for a reason. We don't just partner with any old place on this podcast, right? We're only gonna partner with folks who we believe in their products or their services. And because we know who you are as our audience, we wanna make sure it's something that you would want and need. So Bloomerang does offer that. They are donor management software. They are amazing, but we're gonna go behind the scenes too. So Emily is gonna kinda go behind the scenes a little bit on Bloomerang, but also showing like why it's important to have donors. We talk about grants all day long on this podcast, right? Yeah, sometimes we've been talking a lot about nonprofit things this quarter because it's end of year and we've been digging in there, but donors are really where it's at. They can be your sustainability. We are talking about how you're gonna sustain this program in a grant, right? They can be that part that fills that in. They can actually fund general operating. Oh my gosh, yes, they can fund all of that, which is so important because guess what? You guys are, trying to find the grants all the time. It's like, if you can find a general operating support grant, <laughs> that's like gold. And this is exactly what donors can be. Yes, so then you can go after more of the grant projects, right, to get funding for projects. And then you can really anchor down with your donors and general operating support as well. It can be a beautiful strategy to create more funding uh, for your nonprofit, and that is sustainable funding that you can grow. Plus, they can drive forward your movement. You have amazing mission statements that are literally changing the world. But a lot of times they're not because you're not getting that momentum. You don't feel like you're getting buy-in. You're really feeling like you're out there doing it alone, right? 
once you involve your community through donors, right, and that might not be just in your geographic area, but we have the internet now, right? You can make these really big movements of other people saying, I believe in that cause area too. I believe in that mission statement too. I wanna be a part of that because that is doing something to change the world. And that creates momentum, right? That creates a movement. It's not you just out there trying to hustle on your own. Right, so this is powerful. It's one of the best things that you can do for your nonprofit. And it's also sometimes that between a rock and a hard place with grants, you're like, if I've never gotten a grant before, then how can I show them that I, I can get the next grant? Because they're gonna ask me, where, you know, do you have, have you gotten any grants? It's kind of like, how do I get over that first hurdle? This can be a way of doing that because it's just showing that you know how to implement programs and that you also know how to manage money, right? Because you're getting money from your donors. So really great interview today. Once again, this is Emily Kelly. She is a national accounts manager for Bloomerang, and she has more than 15 years of experience working in the nonprofit sector and in various roles focused on sales and relationship management. I love how she keeps bringing back in this interview, like, yeah, we're an online software, but we are so human centric as far as like when you call, you talk to a human all of those things. So we're gonna talk a lot about donors today. We're gonna to talk about donor retention. We're gonna look at the trends for donors coming up as we enter into 2024, at the end of 2023, all of that. So you guys are definitely gonna to wanna to grab the show notes today. Jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 299 to be able to get all of the show notes and a link to find out more about Bloomerang, more about Emily, and the things that we mentioned in today's podcast episode. And I love it when I have sponsors on the show. Now I can also proudly say support for this podcast episode is brought to you by our friends at Bloomerang. Bloomerang offers donor management, online fundraising, and volunteer management software that helps small to medium nonprofits like First Tea of Greater Akron. After just one year with Bloomerang, First Tea of Greater Akron doubled their unique donors, improved donor stewardship, and raised more funds. To hear the full story, visit bloomerang.com forward slash grant writing podcast. I will have that link there as well at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 299. So make sure that you jump over there so you can hear more about that story behind the scenes with Bloomerang. And Emily's going to be talking about that today as well. So stay tuned as we get into donor management and donor strategies. Here's Emily. Thank you so much. We're really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, and I'm so excited. Not only guys are a sponsor for the podcast, and it totally makes sense because you guys might be like, well, what's a Bloomerang? You're just talking about <laughs> We're going to talk about that today and why it actually makes sense that they're a sponsor, because it does, um, because we're going to talk about donor retention. Uh-huh. And you guys are also a sponsor for the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. So you definitely have an affiliate program for nonprofit consultants. I love that you guys do that. I am an affiliate with y'all. And to look at how even consultants can utilize Bloomerang with their clients, right? So how that really helps. So we're going to dive into this today, but we want to give you some juicy takeaways because it is end of year. And a lot of you might be working on your end of year strategy plan. You might be going into your Giving Tuesday campaigns. Like I hear all of that. But one thing that can be consistent throughout the year is your donor strategy. And it can be the most powerful thing and you might be like, Mahali, this is grant writing. But yes, grant writing and funding, because we know we named that podcast specifically and funding, because we do not want grants to be 100% of your income. That is not sustainable. It's not the way you should go. Donors, sponsors, 
products. Other things should also involve donors should be one of your biggest things though. So I'm so happy that you're on the podcast to talk about that today because we don't talk about donors nearly enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I hope to, to share a, a little few nuggets of knowledge with you all. Yes. So before we get into the donor retention part, I just wanted to, because my, so some of you might be going, well, what's a bloomerang? Can you just tell us who bloomerang is and what you guys do? And then we can dive into the nitty gritty. Yeah, so Bloomerang is donor management software. It's cloud-based software. Um, it's a very simple, easy tool to use, um, but it's it's a robust product, but it's something that you can get in there and really access what you need when it comes to managing your donors and collecting donations. And then we also have a built-in email marketing tool so that you can communicate and steward those donors. Um, and then we have some wealth management partners, so we can help you with your capital campaigns and identifying who might be a donor for a, a specific event. And um, then you can uh, we can help you identify who is most engaged with you all. So you can determine who's new, maybe who's lapsed, who are our most um, engaged donors, who supports us the most, who's been with us the longest. And then you can put those things together and say, well, you know, this person has really been engaged with us for 15 years. And if we look at this wealth screening, they have a really high ability. So perhaps we segment communication a little bit different than we would, you know, someone who's just getting started in their life or something along those lines or somebody who has lapsed or maybe a first time donor. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And uh, like I said, I definitely know your, your product as well. I've been on the backside, on the inside and all the things. And what's so great about it too, like what you just said is, it's so nice to also have the email marketing enrolled in that because you can, and, and I tell you guys this all the time, right? You guys are always hearing, like I'm saying about communicate, send your newsletters. It shouldn't be just a quarterly newsletter. Like they don't hear about you. You know, they only hear from you a couple of times a year. And then when you go into your campaign and they're hearing emails from you every day, it's just disconnected. Like ways to stay connected to your donors is one of the best things you can do. I would even say the nurturing process during non-launch is almost more important than during launch, right? To right. See, get those dollars during the launch, right? So, but the thing is, is a lot of you out there are like, oh my gosh, that's like a whole nother thing to do. It is, but if you have software that can help automate and manage a lot of that, and you really understand your strategy behind it, you can utilize, like, I'm like, use those emails as your social media posts too, right? Like all the things. So can you just like, uh, I love that component of the email um, that's combined with your donors. So like your donors are getting the names. If you're getting emails, y'all, if people are donating $10, you're collecting their name, right? Their information. What do you do with that though? Can you kind of talk about that? Right. So with the email marketing tool, a lot of times folks will come to us and I'm like, well, we already use constant contact. We use MailChimp. And sometimes folks just want to stay with that. So we will integrate with those two products as well. But if you don't have an email marketing tool, it's built in. And we know, and I know from personal experience being the nonprofit world forever, that a lot of times you're in this role, whatever the case may be, whether you're an executive director or you're in development of any sort, you're wearing a lot of hats. Oh yeah. And you might be doing the job of like, three, four, five people. And especially this time of year, it's just bananas. So it's not sustainable to put information like this in a spreadsheet. Um, and something that can just be easy where you can you know, have some quick reporting, like, you know, who, who gave a hundred dollars more this year, who gave it, you know, in November last year, um, something along those lines, so reach out to them again, keep them engaged. 
Let them know what you're doing. Let them know how you're using their donor dollars. Give them a story. Give them something to sink their teeth into and make sure that they feel part of what you're doing. And then they're going to be that much more prone to continue giving to, continue giving to you. And something we hear time and time and time again is that when you partner with Bloomerang, it's more you feel like you have another person on your team versus, you know, doing the job of five people, you know, then now you have a partner and we really strive to be helpful and human in our process too. There's a lot of support. There's a lot of coaching. You're going to get a human being. You're not going to get some chat bot. Um, and you can access the product through an app on your phone. We have our own payment processor. So it's like, everything's been thought of so that you're not having to have 10 different pieces in order to have everything come together. I love that so much. And I love that you mentioned because it basically is like hiring a donor manager. Like, you know, it, it is like it it's software, but it comes with that support and it comes with the automations to eliminate a lot of tasks that somebody would physically have to do or manually have to do. And like right. we talked about the spreadsheet, I've seen the nonprofits with spreadsheets or just can I keep all my email contacts in my Google? And it's like, you know, when you're first starting out, it's okay. But like, as you continue to grow, and if you really want to grow and make that a major strategy, which everyone should as a nonprofit have donors, then you really do need a system. Like you said, like, how awesome is it to be able to say, who gave to this campaign, like our Giving Tuesday campaign last year and gave $100. And a click of a button, you can get all that information. And then say, I want to send them an email, these ones specifically that gave over a certain threshold. And I'm going to send this out. And then it automates. It'll put their name in. It'll, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. it's that much time, right? So, exactly. and then you can be strategic. You can think higher level things in your nonprofit as far as sales and all of that than just being in the grind, right? In the right. doing, yeah. Well, and it allows you to put your focus on where you really want to put your focus on versus all the administrative tasks behind yes. it. Yes. So it's something that we really preach too, is that when you have a new donor, especially, it's so important that you acknowledge them within 24 to 48 hours. Mm -hmm. And the research, research shows that if you acknowledge them within 24 to 48 hours, they're four times more likely to give again and give more. So our software allows you to identify exactly who those new donors are. So you can check that and know that you can, you know, hopefully count on that in the future, at least that you've done your job. So that, um, that I love that. Come into the future. And that, that should all be automated, right? Like if you're relying on a person to reply back, that's going to fall through the cracks at some point. It's just the way it is, but you can have that already automated. So you don't even have to have the time or space to do it, but they still get an email being like, Hey, welcome. We're so glad you're here. This is what your money's going to. And then to follow up and, you know, just have those little, like you said, sharing the story of you can create those templates that go out to people as they come on. Right. So you don't exactly be doing that. Yeah. You can create those email campaigns. Like, you know, welcome. And then maybe, you know, a couple of weeks later, here's what we're doing in November. Here's what we're doing in December. What, you know, make some kind of custom field. Like, what are they interested in? Are they interested in events? Well, let's make sure we send them all of our events. Are they interested in volunteering? Well, let's make sure that they're aware of all the volunteering opportunities. I love that. Yeah. So you can segment them like that. Like you, exactly. if you come on and you have a, what are you interested in doing? You could say volunteering this or that, and they could select that. And then those campaigns could be delivered to them. So they feel like, oh, you're really talking to me. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> One of my favorite stories was this gentleman. Oh goodness. He was sweet as could be. 
And he, for 40 years, was with an organization and kept everything in spiral notebooks. Oh, no. And I saw it, and it was meticulous and stacks and stacks of these notebooks. And I, I immediately had, like, a panic attack. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have three children. I have two dogs. I always have, like, six beverages on my desk. Like, those would have been destroyed within no time. And they were perfect. There was, like, ledgers and everything for finance and who they who gave, how much did they give, who's your sister, how are you tied together? All of this. And he said, I am in this field because I'm passionate about what I do as most people are who are in the nonprofit world. And he's like, it's inconsiderate of me as I retire or move on to my next chapter in the world to have someone inherit all of this in a notebook or an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. He's like, I want the next person to come on and have it just be easy for them so that they can focus on our mission instead of all this oh that's so much to keep up with yeah and like you said like I mean things happen I know my house is flooded before (laughs) just like the real stuff right so but the other thing too is even if you're like but but yeah but what about the spreadsheets here's the thing I this is one of the major problems and let me know what what this really resonates with you is you might have somebody that manages that on a spreadsheet right and they're able to can keep up with it And then all of a sudden they leave, the computer breaks, they retire, they get maternity leave, something happens, health crisis. You have no idea if you can even access like their computer, where it is in that file because everyone files. Everyone's a different system. Yes, yes. Or the Google, the shared drive wasn't updated. Like institutional knowledge can be lost so easily. And I think that's why a lot of nonprofits are moving to secure cloud-based programs as well because of that, right? Like a huge reason. Like, have you seen a lot of that movement of people coming in? We have customers that come to us from anything from, like I said, a notebook, a spreadsheet, other software, other companies where they use Bloomerang previously. And they're like, all right, we want to get this next group on, on the bandwagon here. It just allows you to really, again, like focus on what you want to focus on, because maybe, you know, as meticulous as I am and OCD and whatever you want to call me, I'm color coded and all those things. It's my system and it makes sense to me. But what if I, you know, I had a bad week and I forgot to add, you know, my most, my biggest donor for the week. I know in my head, I'm like, well, I'm going to call Kathy because I know I can depend on her, but say I win the lottery and I have to move to Guam and you know somebody else is in my seat well they're not going to know to call Kathy and count on her for that gift and continue to steward and nurture that relationship so that she continues so it's just really important to keep things consistent yeah and we've talked a lot about like the strategy of using something up but let's talk about I really want people to understand the power of donors because a lot of y'all listen once again you want grants and I get that and you go after grants but this could be the thing when you're between a rock and a hard place because a lot of grants they say well what what grants have you secured already and if you've never secured grants i say you need to show that you know how to manage programs and that you know how to manage money this is a way you can show both of those things so you can start getting grants because you gotta show these things right so can you kind of talk about that but also just the power of donors in your funding strategy and your revenue Right. Just a sidebar too. If you're 
everybody tracks their grants different too, right? So we're yeah. still doing that in a spreadsheet in their own system. God knows I know many grant writers that do it that way, but the software Bloomring will allow you to track those grants. So you can identify due dates. How much were you awarded? How much did you submit? You know, what, what did you get the year before? Who's the contact person? Is there any changes? Are there any notes? Do you want to assign a task to, for someone to call a specific individual for that grant for follow-up? So you have all of those opportunities with grants, but it's just not sustainable to, to depend on your organization to be funded by grants. And I know that I probably might upset people by saying that because there's varying difference in opinion and I don't mean to, but just oh, seeing- I'm the same train and that's, like I said, that's the name of this. I write the books like, and I always say- <laughs> can't be a hundred percent, you know, and that can be a little controversial, right? When I was sitting there going, yes, write grants, but I'm like, also have diversified funding. Right. Versus right. Because what are you going to say in that area in your grant where it says, how will you sustain this program after this grant has ended? <laughs> you got to be able to answer that, right? So have grants as a part of your strategy. Yes, but not the be all end all hundred percent. So I'm totally on board with you. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, if you have the opportunity to share with anyone that what your story is, you're going to pull at the heartstrings of someone and then they're going to share the story and then they're going to share their story. And then they come to your website or they go to your Instagram or whatever the case may be. It's a domino effect. And if once you receive that from them and you can steward that and hold on to them and continue to share your story and make them feel involved, Something we always encourage is like, get them on the property in the event that you do have that. Let them see from their own vantage point what you're doing, what the effect is that they're having on somebody. Get your board members involved. Um, don't just have your board members write a check. Have them get involved with their family and friends and invite them to the property or an event or a 5K or whatever it is that you all do with your funding so that they can they can feel like they're part of something. I think as a human being, we just want to feel part of something. Yeah. And and sometimes we don't know what we want to be a part of until maybe it's introduced to us. And then, you know, you see something and then you want to contribute to that. So yes. you never know what you're going to get from someone. It could be $5, but you could get $505 donors and you want to acknowledge them all the same as someone who gave $1,000 because those folks will continue. And then you don't, have to, you know, depend on those grants any longer because that's a lot of revenue from individuals if you really steward those people properly. Absolutely. And I love that. Yeah. It's like the power of the giving isn't just the one time. So you also have to think beyond that. Like, yes, you're going to have certain campaigns that you're going to want to raise. Maybe say if you want to raise $10,000 for a piece of equipment or a computer, certain computer, whatever that is, right? And that's the campaign that you're raising money for, but you can, those will be the perfect people to go back into to ask for the next campaign or just general operating support. This is what I love about donors because a lot of grants, project specific, because people start just making up projects just to get the money and then they burn themselves out and it is a whole thing. But with you, and then they go, where's the general operating money just to pay the salaries, just to pay for the rent, just to do those things. That can come from your donors and you can very clearly market that just as support the mission, support the mission, support the mission, right? So that's a way that you can have unrestricted funds to really help out with your general operations. And I think that is so powerful. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because that is just like, whoa. Yeah, it's a really wonderful way to get people as excited about your organization as you are too, right? Like whether we like it or not, I think like social media is here to stay and it's it can be really powerful. But I think, you know, like I said, the power is really getting 
folks aware of what you're doing and sharing those stories. The power, the power of storytelling with any nonprofit is just, it's paramount in, in sharing everything. And so there's a lot of power in sharing. There's a lot of power in dollars. So, you know, kind of like we were saying, yeah, yeah the, the grant will pay for this, but if we get X person who is maybe like some new blood that mm-hmm. might give us some ideas or might be influential in the community or whatever the case may be, that has a really wonderful domino effect. And then we can share that on our social media or we can share it in an email and it's, it's rather quick. And that is really applying to every demographic. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's about like, when we talk about care, we always say grow capacity, increase funding, advance mission. And that's a part of that. Once you have the capacity to do things like a software, like having a system set up, right, then you can increase your funding and you can grow your mission, right? You can advance your mission. So as a part of that, like you said, I, that really kind of struck me when you said that is dollars are power, right? So it's also looking at that's power that can empower your mission and drive your mission. But yeah, and having in, you know, a lot of y'all tapping into grants constantly, chasing the money, that sort of thing. But look at donors because donors can give and give and give and give, right? And they can be really a powerful part of that and to help pay, you know, like, so you can pay your salary, your rent, and you might be like, well, how do I make that sexy or appealing to donors? Just talk about your mission, right? Talk about your mission, talk about your vision, share your story. You could even like do little things about your employees and look at this, you're helping pay their thing. And but this is all the things that they do in your nonprofit. Like that's exciting. To me, that's really exciting, right? Exactly. And I think that like, say you put on an event or something, you know, they came for some reason or the other. They didn't come because they just stumbled upon it. They found an outfit. They, you know, got a babysitter. They spent the evening with you. They raised their arm for an auction. And so remind them why they're there because there's a million, they're a dime a dozen, right? So, you know, the next month there could be another one or another one or their kids have one at their school or whatever the case may be. So continue to nurture that relationship. Remind them why you're grateful for them. Remind them where their money is going. Tell them that story make those phone calls. Um, the phone call, I know it's, it's kind of a slippery slope and everybody has their opinion about a phone call these days, but when it comes to retaining donors, it's a, it's the old like rule of seven, you know, (laughs) takes seven times to hear a commercial on TV to remember the song or the Mm -hmm. jingle or whatever the case may be. And they're going to see that phone number come up on their caller ID and be like, eh, you know, ignore, ignore, but leave a message, just leave Mm -hmm. a message. And let them know how incredibly grateful you are for them. And then maybe they'll listen to it. Maybe they won't. But then maybe on the second or third time, you're like, wow, these people are really grateful. So the next time they get an email from you that says like, hey, support X, Y, or Z, they're going to be like, okay, well, they're really grateful. And such and such was not. So they're going to remember who shows their gratitude and who doesn't. I love that phone call. That's such a personal, I mean, even like in the grants, going back to that, like we always say, call the funding sources. People aren't doing that, right? Call the funding sources, talk to them, tell them about, um, we're looking at applying for this grant. This is the project. What are your thoughts on it? Does it fit the priorities, right? And that is like, most people don't pick up the phone. So it does stand out. And I can even tell you, like, I've had people uh, you know, they called me and I, I remember one person called me and she was like, Holly, can you serve on the board of the PTA? And if I would have just gotten an email, I would have just kind of ignored it. But because this person called me and specifically asked me, I was like, okay, Cisco, <laughs> I 
it's almost doing a it's a shift because for a long time it was like we were like oh we're gonna read all of our emails and now we're so inundated more with emails than we are phone calls now that there is a bit of a shift that if someone's persistent enough not annoying but just enough to show your gratitude that um you're gonna remember that more than just a random email that may show up in your inbox or your trash who knows and are you gonna read it maybe maybe not right even just texts, right? Like, thank you texts. Like that's a huge thing too, because it will get people's attention, right? Right. So I, I love that. And, and the thing is, you might be like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. But a lot of these things are integrated into software platforms like Loomerang, right? So you can actually set them up. Like I said, it's like a it's like a donor manager, right? So that you can have that happening in the background um, and just automatically, but there's still a personal touch, even though it's automated, right? Exactly. Yeah. So as far as looking at, okay, so here's another thing I just want to talk about briefly is there is like, okay, but aren't donors tapped out right now? There is inflation going on. What does that look like? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, and there's real valid feelings to all of these questions, right? So where do you see kind of like the future of donors going in the well the near future and I don't have crystal ball or anything but like you know what I mean it's like historically on the trends that you've seen throughout the past year during this this long lasting phase of inflation and everything and, and where do you see it going you know that's kind of the benefit of the segmentation is that you can really identify you know maybe historically who's been you know a giver of x amount versus someone else but it's a old adage too if you can't give financially, perhaps you can still give your time. Um, so make sure that you're giving them opportunities to volunteer or, you know, God knows that so many nonprofits can benefit from volunteering of all shapes, sizes, sorts. So if they can't give financially, they could give their time and continue to acknowledge and steward that and be just as grateful for someone's time as they are their dollars. And then when the time is right, hopefully, you know, we're going to see a flip side and things will be better. But when they're able to give again, then they can do that. But they can still stay as involved with you just with their time versus their dollars. Nice. Okay. And then I've 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 seen some research too that points out, and you can you might have to remind me, like, is it donors right now we're seeing lower levels but more happening. And then we're also seeing very high donors still giving and giving more. So there's kind of like a there's a restructuring of how the donor is happening. It's still definitely happening, just in a different way. Can you kind of talk about that? It's just still kind of a mixed bag, right? And then it, it also will depend on how you're targeting different demographics because they're all going to give in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I had a conversation with a colleague today about it was during the Reagan campaign. So, I mean, this is a minute ago, but like, you know, bringing in and self-addressed stamped envelopes and you send your checks in and that was that. And then I had a, a story from a gal at a conference a couple of weeks ago who said she was really impressed by a nonprofit that still did the direct mail piece, but had a QR code because uh-huh. there's no way she's like, I don't have a checkbook, you know, yeah. she's like, so I didn't even have the opportunity to send a check in, but yeah. if you wanted to, you could, or you could quickly open it up and throw it away. But that QR code gave her the opportunity to make a quick donation while she was thinking of it. You just have to be creative on different ways to either, you know, keep the donors that you have or get new ones, but, you know, don't, don't sleep on our, on our younger um, generation because they want to give, they They want to give. 
um, and they have the capacity to give, you just have to target them in different ways. Right. And are you just speaking on that too? Like now there's like Charity Navigator out there that's really like, you know, looking at nonprofits and kind of rating them based on different, um, you know, things that they're doing as far as transparency and leadership and all of that. And they have places where they have like, this is the cause area. So if you're interested in giving to the certain cause, you can connect with these nonprofits. And then you have the opportunity, you know, as a donor to be more selective as well and be more, um, I guess, proactive, really, with what you want to give. So are you seeing any influx, you know, from the donor kind of management side then of these other types of, you know, opportunities and the way people are giving nowadays? Yeah, I mean, like, for example, my grandmother's 95, and she's the most philanthropic woman that I know, but she pays attention. She's sharp. And she lives in a, a smaller town. But if she knows, you know, that the executive directors driving around in, you know, $150,000 Mercedes. She's like, well, is that where my money's going? Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe, maybe not, you know, but she's just very, she is really reliant upon transparency. Yeah. So if you're transparent with your donors, let them know exactly how you're spending those donor dollars, where they can help, how that money helps. It's going to serve you so much better. I love that. Yeah. And that that's so good. Yeah. Because transparency is key. And a lot of times nonprofits might feel like, oh, we don't want to pull back the doors because we don't really want them to see, but you do want them to see, or we don't want them to ask money to pay for our staff. We, you know, maybe we are giving a raise. Well, maybe it's time for a raise. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And right. you can talk about that to your donors, why that's important to have staff retention and how that actually saves you money. Right. So you can really being transparent can help so much with your donors and just that regular communication um the segmenting like you mentioned so you know specifically are they interested in volunteering are they interested in this right so you can be able to also think about what are we doing in our nonprofit what are our goals what are our funding goals um what are our needs and then you know then you would know maybe like hey we need someone to help us with social media let's see who who said they're interested in volunteering and we can put out like a volunteer job announcement you know and be very transparent about that so that could be a great place right when someone's passionate about a specific cause and you're letting them know what you need that funding for whether it's you know for kids or mental health or supplies or whatever the case may be let them know that that's what that's for and maybe have the kids speak on your behalf. Don't, you know, sometimes it's effective if your CEO is, sometimes it's effective if your board tells a story, but I think that it's really effective when those who are directly affected by where your dollars go can share why it's so important and where that's going to go. That really kind of just like heightens that transparency of where, where and why that right. money comes from. Right. That's awesome. So can you give us some, um, some of your highest performing nonprofits, as far as on Boomerang, using the tool, what are some effective things that kind of stand out with how they utilize it? What So what are they doing with Boomerang in order to be successful? Yeah. yeah. Like, are they having, like, what have you, have you seen any trends where the ones that are really getting donors consistently and inc- increasing their giving consistently, are they doing something like, what are the main things that they're utilizing in the software to get there? Phone calls. Phone calls. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. And how, yeah. so I was wondering, like, how was your, how are they using the software for the phone calls? Like, can you tell us how that 
So if they're, like I said, the new donors, it'll identify who those folks are. And then you can create tasks like, okay, in a month, call her in three weeks, call her. We have this event. So you can create notes and tasks on certain individuals, segment them like, okay, we're going to call this group is really interested in X, Y, and Z. We're going to pick up the phone. We're going to call them. And then you make note. Boomerang, you can make notes and everything. Did you run into her? And, you know, does she tell you that she's expecting a grandbaby in June? Make a note of that call her in June. How's your new grandbaby? Did you get a new dog? Whatever the case may be, make them feel like they're just as much a part of it as they're trying to be. And then you're going to really see some success there. Oh, I love that. So really utilizing the software as also a program management um, software that's integrated with all of the knowledge as far as like their contact information, they're giving information. Even if you make a call, you can put a note there. So if somebody else comes in and does more calls, they can see the history of that and utilizing it that way. So I love that. That's, and it's simple, right? It's simple. simple. It's simple human interaction. You can track interactions. Like you ran into with a coffee shop or take a very specific note or create a task, or like you have a volunteer or some intern, like, okay, well, we're going to segment this list. This intern calls this list. This calls this list. And that way you're making all those touch points. And when they connect with those folks, they make those notes that they did have that exchange. So you know that you're constantly involved with your donors. And again, it's just going to make, you know, for better retention, better retention means more dollars. Yeah. I love that so much. And more people like creating a movement, right? Like I love like really behind it, like it is creating a movement. It's creating a bunch of people together that are focused on your cause area and are supporting you, right? With that energy, like whether that's financial or their time or any of that, and that will create momentum. So, and then, like I said, then you can say, yes, we've never gotten a grant when you're applying for a grant. Maybe we've never, we haven't gotten a grant yet. However, we've managed X amount of money and we've implemented these different projects. That's all grant funding sources need to see. They need to make sure they're making money, right? So you can showcase that. And then, yes, we can sustain this program after the grant has ended because we have recurring income every single month coming in. We can already project that, right? And you can click a button and boomerang and show, you can get that financial information, right? That will show You can create reports that you just schedule them. Like, you know, every Monday morning at eight o'clock, it's delivered to your inbox. So you don't have to create it. It's right there for you. Um, if you're going out of town and you know, you want to make sure that your board gets it for the meeting while you're gone, boom, boom, boom. It's in all their inboxes. So you never have to miss a beat with any of it. It's all right in your hands. That's so fantastic. Love it. Love it so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about what is a bloomerang. <laughs> that's a bloomerang. That's, that's the next podcast. <laughs> Right. But yeah, it's really good for y'all to, if you're listening or once you have this back up on YouTube, if you're watching, to really think about your donor management plan, right? People out there want to be a part of your movement. They want to be a part of your, your cause area and the change and the impact that you're having in the world. And, but they're not going to know about it if they don't know about it, right? And they're not going to remember it if you don't remind them. So you don't have to be doing a million thousand things though, either. You can definitely create your donor management buddy. <laughs> to be helping you out so you can track all that and then really focus then on what those stories are on implementing the mission and all of that so yeah any any closing words before we close out today Emily well yeah I just kind of wanted to piggyback that just in addition to us being very helpful and human that even if you're not a customer of ours we have webinars 
often that you can go to our website and you can, <laughs> you can participate. They're recorded. So in the event that you can't attend, you can watch them on demand, you know, bookmark them, share them. Um, so there's a lot of different opportunities that you can get kind of immersed into either the product or fundraising or grant writing or volunteers, whatever the case may be that maybe you're wanting to get a little stronger in your knowledge base. So check out our website. We have webinars for all many multiple throughout the year. Um, but you're, if anyone ever has questions are welcome to reach out to me or our team. And um, we're just a helpful human team that just really wants to see all of our nonprofits succeed. I love that so much. Yeah. And I love all the resources. Um, you know, you got, and you guys, you're having webinars like a lot and really good. So you can go and you can kind of say, what's something I want to learn? What's a takeaway that I can do to implement my nonprofit? And they're all free. Right. So it's, it's really right. cool to see like, even if you're not a, a product owner or product member of Bloomerang, you can still go and participate in these webinars. Absolutely. Um, yeah. There's marketing tips and tricks. There's fundraising tips and tricks, all, everything across the board that is related to nonprofit. That's awesome. So I'm definitely putting all of the show notes today so you can find out where Bloomerang is and all of the things um, that they're doing. But just if people are listening, um, can you go ahead and just say the name of your uh, website so people know where to go? Yeah, it's just bloomerang.com. B-L-O-O-M-E-R-A-N-G. Bloomerang.com. Yep. Awesome. So thank you again, Emily, for coming on the podcast and being the sponsor of the podcast and the nonprofit consulting conference. We love and support everything that you guys are doing because it really does work. Like I said, I've been on the backside, on the inside of Bloomerang and all things. And it's been great interviewing you and being able to hear more about it. But I've also seen it myself and it is an amazing tool that can really be helpful. So I appreciate that. I know it takes a lot to invest in software to do a lot of the very sophisticated things that you do to make it so easy for nonprofits. So thank you to Bloomerang for doing those things and stepping up and filling. Of course, yeah, Bloomerang was built for nonprofits. So we have nonprofits in mind. Like I said, we know that everybody wears a lot of hats. So it just allows you to take a couple of those hats off and focus more on your mission instead of all of the, the backend things that go on. Yes. Yes. All right. So we'll have to have you back on the Grant Writing and Funding podcast again, so we can hear updates on the brand again. Yeah. So thanks again. And it was great meeting you. I'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Holly. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast with Emily Kelly from Bloomerang. We had so much fun talking about donors today. So if you want to grab all of the show notes from today and you also want to hear more about Bloomerang and grab a demo, see their free webinars, all the things that she was talking about, go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 299 to grab the show note link. Otherwise, you can just visit directly Bloomerang, and that's B-L-O-O-M-E-R-A-N-G.com forward slash grant writing podcast. And you can definitely um, go see some stories and all of the things going on at Bloomerang, as well as their webinars. Um, I just recently wrote a blog for them about grant writing. You can check that out. I did a webinar and strategic planning back in October for them. So you can definitely check out all of the things that they have there. And you can definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com and join our Hub Haven free email newsletter where I share every single week the podcast of the week as well as a stress-free grant writing or freelance grant writing tip. And we have lots of things coming up, as you know, <laughs> as I was talking about in the beginning of this podcast. 
all about our spicy beliefs about you. Even if you work full-time inside a nonprofit as a grant writer, we encourage you to open a side business. Yes, we do. And that is just gonna give you more financial stability. It's also gonna give you more mental peace because you know if something happens or if you need to generate some money, you are able to do that. And I totally get that. My aircon just went out. Like that's, you know, it's like things happen, right? And to be able to have some money or make some money real quick, to be able to cover those things is amazing. So you definitely wanna jump over and join our newsletter so you'll be on our wait list and hear more about the Freelance Grant Writer Academy that's opening our doors in January. And if you love this podcast, as always, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on your podcast player. That really does help other people see the podcast so they can learn more about grants and grant writing and opening up their own freelance grant writing business. All right, I'll see you next week on Guess What? Our drum roll, 300th episode. See you then.